Hey everyone, Drew here from Starship Podcast Warlock. This is a content warning, but not about anything we say, it's about the episode we're watching, Boring. There's a scene in this episode Jeff and I had never seen before, because it was cut when they showed it on MTV, and when you get to it, you'll know why. It's a political joke, calling out racist policemen. It punches up, as they say, but... The racist policeman uses words a racist policeman might actually say, including the one you're probably thinking of. We'll let you decide if you think those words help make the political point or undermine it, but in case this is your first time ever watching The Young Ones, we didn't want you to be as surprised by those words as we were. That out of the way, let's get to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. I am Drew. I'm Jeff. And this podcast is about the British television show The Young Ones. It did not have a name until this episode. So if you listen to the previous episodes and you hear me say, Welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock, it's a retcon. I went back and put that in later. It's just a peek into the whole magic of making a podcast you clever bastard (laughs) which includes not thinking of well to be fair not agreeing on the name until this episode we do have quite a few names and we debated them for a while and we we ended up at this one because we like it if you're like why is it called that um we will eventually get to the episode that gave this podcast its name and we'll explain at that time yes Mm -hmm. uh but until then don't ask just roll with it uh So, we are going to be watching the episode Boring today, which, you know, somehow I remember as one of my favorites, and I don't really remember why, Um, but I guess we'll see, because maybe we'll watch it, I'll be like, well, why did I ever like this one so much? Or we'll watch it and I'll remember why, so it should be interesting. But, like, when I go, what's my favorite Young Ones episode, this is always sort of on the short list for some reason. Well, so, I mean, so, there's only 12 episodes anyway, so, I mean, uh, but, yeah, um, it's funny. I uh, it's, it's in I, the top 12, for sure. I think it's funny, right. Uh, I think it's funny that, um, you know, they have boring followed by interesting, spoilers. Uh, I think boring should be interesting and interesting should be boring, but um, what do I know? Um, it's funny. I remember bits and pieces of boring. I think after the last podcast, the two of us talked afterwards and we were trying to remember what was in the actual episode. And it's funny. I remember boring being, this is a bad comparison, but, um, you know, how much people adore Manos, the hands of fate. And, uh, (laughs) uh, and for me, I, really can't watch that episode of MST because the fact that they're riffing on the fact that it's so bloody boring and the Mads actually apologize for the movie, it's a good gimmick, but you still have to sit through uh, two hours of it, uh, of them just having not much to say. And um, for some reason, I don't remember boring as being that particularly exciting. As I've said before, even a, even a, you know, so-so episode of the young ones is better than, you know, 90% of, um, comedies out there, frankly, so uh, it's still damn enjoyable, but I, I don't remember this being on one of my top ones, but since I haven't watched it in so long, I would be, I think it'd be very interesting if we come out of this episode and I'm like, holy crap, that was amazing! How did I ever forget this? Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fully willing to have my socks blown off. 
I think there are probably points in this episode where uh, that you'll remember them, but you won't have thought of that they were in this episode. That is possible. Um, thinking of a few things in particular, but I will not spoil yeah. it. Um, I also uh, I also think there's a possibility that the reason I like this episode so much is it's one of the two episodes that features the band Madness. Spoilers. Um, yes, I'm okay which, with that. Uh, is one of my favorite musical guests on the show. Uh, I've come to like some of the other bands just as much, but at this time, Madness was still appealing to me. Well, and as much as um, Madness has sentimental reasons for the other song that they play, for some reason I like this one better. So there, there's already one plus to it. Uh, maybe because it yeah, hasn't it's gotten, a fun song. Maybe because it hasn't gotten overplayed as much as the other one. I think the other one's more well-known, but uh, anyway. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, so, but before we get into that, um, there was a topic that we wanted to talk about, which is, um, uh, Jeff, who else do you know that likes this show? <sighs> um, Drew, for one thing. No, um, <laughs> yeah, okay, that doesn't count. Um, aside from um, people that we went to college with that uh, uh, liked it or at least suffered through it when we quoted it namely, um, other than that... I can mainly think of um, two uh, friends of mine from high school. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Brian. Who uh, I, I didn't find out until many years later that they actually liked it. Now, if you recall, I mentioned that The Young Ones was not introduced to me until uh, you introduced it to me in college. So I, I feel like uh, I, I wish to hell that I had uh, talked to them about it when I was in high school or, or I could have been... Um, quoting these lines uh, a few years earlier in my life. Oh, how I've missed out. Uh, other than that, not really not really that many people. I mean, you know, tons of people can quote Python at you. A few can quote Blackadder at you, or at least on this side of the pond, I should say. But, um, but not a ton. I did try to introduce um, uh, a friend of mine, John. Uh, you might remember one of the other groomsmen at, at, uh, um, at my wedding. Uh, and... Uh, he just didn't get it. He actually, it was more than just, he didn't get it. Uh, and this is a guy that likes Python and likes other, um, brick comes and stuff like that. He actively hated it. Um, he, that this would become a running gag in terms of, uh, in terms of us <laughs> just ragging each other on, on different things. Like he just had this vehement, I, I think for him, it was just, it's a bunch of people jumping around and shouting and, uh, and you know, he was, um, he was in his uh, 60s, I think, watching this and a bunch of stupid ass college students or whatever. Like, I, I think there was just not that much appeal to it for uh, for him. Um, but I regret yeah, that, I regret nothing in terms of making him suffer through it. Well, that that seems very John to me. That seems yeah. very on brand for him, actually, not to like this show. I mean, it is gross. The show is kind of gross. Yeah. Wait till we get like, to sick. I know. But but, you know, yeah, it's that's you know, the first thing I think of. Well, it's funny. You know, it's pre there's something about Mary and all the gross out stuff, you know, or hell, Austin Powers just go to anything with fat bastard. Um, yep. But so by comparison, not so much for I mean, certainly for American comedies it, um, at the time, things would have been much more sanitized. But now it's probably it seems more tame. But at the time, that was kind of a smack uh, upside the head on. Uh, yeah, I can think of a couple images, like I said, when we get to sick. Ugh. Yes. Well, I yeah, I, th I think that that could be part of it. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's a level of obscurity to it that, you know, I think. uh Part of it could also be that Rowan Atkinson went on to be in uh, 
a fair number of movies, whether they were good or not, it's another question. But like he, I think is more famous than anybody on the young ones, uh, any of the regulars anyway. Uh, the Pythons of course are famous for their own thing, but like, uh, I think Rick Mayall is probably the only one that anyone would recognize. And even that is mainly among people who loved drop dead Fred, uh, a list, which includes my girlfriend. Well, I'm more pissed about the role that, uh, Rick Mail should have been more known for, but he got cut from the movies. Yes. Uh, you, you refer to Peeves in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I yes. mean, I suppose we can save that for, for an upcoming topic for something else, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about the fact that... Um, that uh, I mean, Aid probably is is more known across the pond. I mean, that's the other thing, that, that in terms of where we are, I suspect having something to do with, uh, with their, their relative... Um, uh, notoriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there are certainly a lot of um, people in the UK know the show. Um, I attend. Uh, I attend. Um, there's okay. Uh, Robin Hitchcock, the musician, does a uh, a, a concert. Uh, actually, two concerts a week. Uh, a streaming concerts actually uh, on stageit.com, and I, I go to those. And and for some reason, people are always on there quoting the young ones. Uh, I feel like there must be some weird sort of Robin Hitchcock Young Ones fan connection uh, that that happens there. I'm not sure if it's just <laughs> generational or what, but but definitely people That's uh, in the country where it was made <laughs> tend to know it. I think a little bit better than Americans do. So, uh, actually, question for you since it was posed to me first. So, who else do you know uh, who uh, who likes the Young Ones, and is there anyone else that you've tried to introduce it to? Um. So. The only person I can think of offhand who actually likes it is my girlfriend, which is kind of weird because, I mean, we do overlap on a fair number of shows, um, but I wouldn't have predicted that to be one of them. But she does like it. For example, she does not like Monty Python. Uh, I think she's pretty indifferent to Blackadder, uh, but she likes the young ones. And it may just be Rick Mayall uh, because she loves Drop Dead Fred. Mm. So it could be that connection that... uh, that makes it appealing for her. Yeah. Um, but I also, I don't know that I've ever watched it with her, so I don't know what she likes about it beyond that. Um, I'm trying to see if I can convince her to guest on one of these podcasts or maybe even join us, but we'll see. You know, as, um, as we're, you know, starting month five of, or about to, well, I guess we're about four and a half months through uh, the pandemic and watch parties have been blossoming all over the place. I've been trying to get, people to potentially watch the young ones with me and um and partially it's been a problem due to bandwidth uh, more than anything else sadly that it just keeps uh stuttering but um there are uh, there are a few people that I, I suppose i should shout out in case they're actually listening to the podcast um that watch someday uh show it to dana and jen and to heather um if you're listening um someday someday uh, but, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I feel like we need to sp- spread the young ones gospel a little bit, um, which is part of the reason uh, for yeah. this, I suppose. It would be fascinating to see what people make of it today, uh, who have never seen it at all and have no context for it. Uh, and also even like, I wonder what kids today would make of it. After Probably not much. After our previous podcast where we talked about, you know. TRS-80 color computers and stuff like that. <laughs> hopefully they're, hopefully <laughs> I'm they're sure still they're, listening. 
they're just huddled by their uh, iPhones listening to this uh, thing together, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is very weird how generational these things are. But on the other hand, there are shows that my parents watched that I liked. So I wonder if things are just moving faster now. It's hard to tell. It's, it's true. My, my dad, well, hell, my, my dad, they had me very late in life. My dad was born in 1928. He's, he's in his 90s now. And so he, he grew up in old-time radio, and, um, and I listened to a ton of that uh, as a kid. And, and, you know, back when you had to get them on cassette tapes, whatever you can get. And now you can go to Internet Archive, and there's tons of them. There was Stan Freeberg used to host an old-time radio thing that would play at midnight when I was in Chicago, I would listen to. So, like, yeah, it's true. A lot of stuff from previous generations I, um, I, I glean. You know, Christmas Story, Gene Shepard was a, you know, radio host. My dad listened to him as a, as a kid. So I used to listen to a couple of bits that he did. And so when the Christmas story, when the movie came out, I was 10. And so dad and I were like one of the only people in the theaters that went to go see it. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. I would rant and rave about this to, uh, to people. And, and they'd never seen it. And all of a sudden one year for Christmas, you know, TNT started showing at 24 hours and now it's become this cult classic. And it's like, why did oh, nobody, yeah. li- why did nobody listen to me? You know, for 20 years, I've been screaming about that before <laughs> it really happened. So I feel like, I feel like the young ones, that, that's it. It's time is due. Come on. You guys are sitting home. It's the pandemic. What else are you going to do? <laughs> You're the boy who cried Christmas story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no words at that point. <laughs> uh, you made me think of something just a minute ago. Oh, well, I think I was just going to say that um, the, the thing that I watched with my parents most was The Prisoner, which is also weird because like of all the shows I would have expected my parents to be super into it would not have been hmm. the prisoner but they they loved it and that's how I first saw it so who knows maybe that's the next podcast we'll see um but I guess we have Blackadder first yeah well let's not get ahead of ourselves this is only episode three of Starship Podcast Warlock so we'll see how it goes they said the name um <laughs> we should probably get into this episode now. Oh, sure. Um, before our this podcast becomes boring. Um, I see what you did so, there. Clever. <laughs> Clever lad. It wasn't very much. I probably shouldn't have done it. Mm. Um, so uh, if you are watching along with us, which if you're not, there will be a long stretch of silence that you won't really know what to do with. Um, get out your DVDs or maybe streaming or, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, you know, your little crystal that you put in your ear to uh stream tv directly into your brain you'll need to have uh, this whatever crystal you got in your ear yes so uh we're just about ready to start uh the episode boring uh so if you're ready to uh we're going to count down to three two one go and press play and then you'll be totally synced up with us are you ready jeff i am ready drew three two one go I just realized I have no idea what Neil is studying. Neither does Neil. (laughs) 
I'm assuming that's God. Let's go with that. Wasn't one of them killed in demolition? <laughs> they must breed like rats. This is where the budget went for this episode. Got it. <laughs> Bye, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, is this the first appearance of cornflakes? <laughs> Could be. Note, this was also my suggestion for a title of this podcast. Tiff between Mike and Viv. Yep. You know, aside from the house getting blown <laughs> up, the previous one.
I play poker that way too. <laughs> what with uh, setting fire to Rick's bed or writing things on the cards to uh, bash Rick uh, in the head? Yes. Ah, uh, an example of Neil lightening up slightly. <laughs> but we are back to the suicide thing. Yeah. This is one of the bits I remember well. It's hippopotami, how dare you? remember her saying the word shitless. Maybe they centered, censored it for MTV. They probably did. I could think of one episode that was very memorably censored two different ways. When we get to it, I'll mm. mention it. It works for Daffy Duck, too. <laughs> he swore to it. I agree, Rick. I agree. <laughs> oh, Mike. I guess not. So much for waiting for Godot.
What was he saying was in the cupboard? Did he not know that that was it? Sausages and plants and goldfish. I know, wrong episode. Which would have been octopusy, I think. <laughs> it's a timeless joke, really. Uh, hmm. You might be right. I've done this improv game. There was something, I saw like a foot or something move at the right when it just cut to uh, Alexei. There are subliminal images in this. No, I mean like, like somebody that was uh, not supposed to be in that shot. Oh, maybe. I love that whole sequence. <laughs> I thought that quote was from a MST3K episode. Nope. It's a reference to uh, that song. Thanks to the subtitles, I know how that is spelled.
Rest in peace, David Rappaport. It's a very convincing depiction of hell. They took that shot out the close-up of him with the bloody nose in the version that I saw. I always thought it was a weird cut. There's a difference between the MTV cut and the Comedy Central cut of some of these Mm. episodes, in addition to this, which is totally uncut. It's a good thing they repaired the TV. (laughs) <laughs> I'm making fun of other Britcoms here. Much like Python tended to skewer conventions of comedy of the day, Young Ones being kind of one of the vanguards of the alternative comedy, British comedy, the uh, early 80s, do a brilliant job of things like this throughout the entire series. Some great stunt work in this. <laughs> I remember calling this right off the bat. There are a lot of jokes in it that I didn't get without the subtitles. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Wow. The first of multiple. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes. So them suffering being home all alone, bored. Is that somehow relevant today? Uh, maybe. The Kebabin calculator. Wow, William Defoe looks so young in this picture. <laughs> So their two hits both have house in the title. Yeah. Just I mean, they had a lot more hits overseas.
it's too bad if I wasn't, if I was in my 20s and starting a band around this time, I could have been successful because that's about how I dance. Uh, is, that, is that the main barrier between you and Clearly. starting a band? Yep, that's the only thing. That could have been the podcasting calculator. Mm-hmm. Too late now. I feel like I saw Jennifer Saunders in the audience there, but I could be just mistaking mm. well, somebody else for her. <laughs> we'll see her. We'll see her a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel in pubs. (laughs) I was waiting for this part. and some dry white toast Watching the the extras in that scene, just seeing whether they're likely to crack up. This is Vivian. (laughs) 
I don't know if you noticed, Jeff, but a lot of interesting things are happening around them. I have no... And they're bored. <laughs> That's probably happening in my house, too. <laughs> like, they really raided the entire BBC costume shop for this episode. <laughs> Mrs. Vivian. Oh, there's Mrs. Neal. <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Neal. These guys always gave me the creeps, too. I don't know why. The one on the right, the British Patrick Warburton, apparently. <laughs> When a felon's not engaged in his employment, his employment. I bet John loved this bit. <laughs> Not sure we ever made it that far. I think I probably just showed him Bambi. <laughs> And that's why he's a med student. That's what you get when you eat lentils. I guess so. 
bits of the show that make me think that like this is the spiritual successor to the three stooges in a way <laughs> there is in, a lot of in terms of the violence <laughs> they're immortal <laughs> oh god imagining a highlander crossover Oh my god. Now I know why I didn't recognize this scene. And that's why that Wow I have never seen that scene before in my life Neither have I And for good reason We'll talk about this later I do love the fact that we never actually see the college in the entire show. That's right. Sorry, spoilers. You've spoiled it. Mm -hmm. They might as well not watch now. If I had a nickel for every time I said that in my life. You'd have a nickel? No, I've probably said it a lot. Mm. At least 15 cents. (laughs) 
And that's quite a good effect, actually. Very E.T. inspired. Considering mm -hmm. that just come out that year. Just seeing David Rappaport here reminds me, uh, I'm going to go rewatch Time Bandits. It's been a very long time since I've seen that. Mm, same. Well, well that was boring. I, I think the most exciting bit was a scene that neither of us had seen before. Let's tackle that now. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you were watching this, uh, you were probably at least as shocked as we were. Um, so, clearly, uh, some things got edited for American television, uh, and very wisely, they edited that scene out. And I feel like uh, a lot of these jokes uh, clearly are directed at... Uh, how can I put this? Uh they're jokes about the police being racist, which obviously is a timeless topic. Um, but uh, they're also pretty uh, raw, <laughs> I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, yeah, I go mean, ahead. I, I remember um, as I was a kid that there were a couple of cartoon. I mean, certainly cartoons that have gotten censored more and more over the years. And there were, a couple I remember seeing that I saw uncensored a couple times as a kid, and then after that were were cut um, for uh, for similar reasons. Um, so, uh, in terms of when they were chopped up, it was probably right around this time. Uh, so, I mean, you figure if the MTV showed it in mid '80s or something like that, they, they were already cognizant of that sort of thing. Thankfully, um, but dear Lord. Yeah, I think it. I think it also, from what I understand, is uh, something that America is perhaps rightly more sensitive to. Um, certainly, uh, demographically, um, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say there, but <laughs> my point is, I guess that uh, I feel like. Ben Elton's politics would suggest that that was uh, that these jokes are kind of on the right side of all of the politics of that situation. But uh, but yeah, clearly it was uh, considered OK to just go straight for it, uh, whereas I don't think we would put up with that these days. It's true. I mean, on on one hand, I could picture. I could picture somebody saying the justification of, look, this is showing the hypocrisy of racism. And, and, but, uh, no, um, that went a little past line of comfort to put it very mildly. Um, dear Lord. But that is how we found out that, uh, Vivian actually won that cornflakes competition. Yeah. That's funny. That's there. A couple of plot points that, uh, we never got because of that. The resolution of, of uh, Fatumsh and uh, mm -hmm. and and the whole cornflakes thing. I um, that's yep. and the cop drove off in his car. Yeah, 
classic cop. Uh, so yeah, I mean, apart from that, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that episode, but like knowing that's in there now, uh, and, uh, another line or two, um, makes it hard to think about, uh, certainly I wouldn't call this one my favorite anymore, but there are a lot of bits I really love. Like the, uh, the whole Billy Belowski thing, like that entire sequence of him for some reason just pleases me endlessly. <laughs> maybe it's the Dalek imitation, uh, maybe it's the voice. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I, I do really, really love that sequence. I and mean, I love the, the joke with the fish that he swallowed. <laughs> I, I don't know why that sticks in my head, but, uh, the, the whole doing the new James Bond film, uh, thing comes up for me in my brain very often. The, the thing that strikes me about that episode or that sequence is first of all, it's it's one of the little throwaway lines that uh, that Mike has, you know, uh, when when he sticks the cactus on his butt and is like, "What am I?" and, and it's like a pain in the ass. And uh, for some mm-hmm. reason, that was just an that for me that works better than than a lot of the actual things that he comes up with. Um, and, and the other bit is the fact that all of a sudden, you know, midway through, it just cuts to, "Okay, now Alexei is going to do one of his uh, stand up routines," and and. You know, it's an obvious cut, um, jarringly so. And the fact that midway through, he uh, he's still doing his routine as he's walking out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, okay, we don't care, that's enough. Back to the action now. Um, so, I mean, it's one of the reasons why it's funny. I mean, this uh, the Young Ones has a habit of just going off and doing random things, uh, but... This episode always feels to me a little more random than um, than some of the other ones. Although I think part of the point of it is, well, look, you're bored. Of course, it's just <laughs> casting about for anything, anything to do at this point. Um, no, I'm not emphasizing. I'm not empathizing with that right now or anything at all. Honest, really. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's it's weirdly relevant. A lot of this stuff still. That's that's kind of the interesting thing about rewatching this is is how many of the things that uh, the writers of these episodes uh, either made jokes about or were concerned with or both are uh, still so current in 2020. That's true. You still can't open a packet of crisps without them flying all over the place. I mean, you know. You really can't. Yeah. I, I've developed a real phobia about that, by the way. I, yeah. I always use scissors now to open bags mm-hmm. like that. I, uh, Maybe I, it's because of this episode. Who knows? I don't know. You were traumatized by, by that. I, I do remember in... Um, elementary school at lunch that there was a fries came in this little plastic, uh, heated plastic, um, uh, like Ziploc bag, essentially. That's how they would serve it at lunch. And like, they were hard as hell to open. And every once in a while they'd open them and the fries would just go flying everywhere. And usually, um, somebody would try and catch them in their mouth from across the, uh, the table. I don't know why I remember that, but anyway, um, I've, I feel like that is probably the most esoteric story we're ever going to tell on this podcast. Oh, contraire, mon frere. <laughs> I have just, nine Just epi- setting the bar. I have nine episodes to outdo that. I guarantee you that will happen. Oh, my God. I love the sequence in the kebab and calculator, too, the whole business with Vivian's mom and, and how he reacts to her. Uh, I, I love seeing Vivian uh, in a different mode than his kind of usual. True just uh, turned up to 10 thing. I mean, I do love the turned up to 10 thing, but it, it's fun to see him react differently too. That's also the, I mean, the fact that you have Mrs. Vivian, you have the first time that you actually get to meet the parents of one of these uh, kids. You know, they don't seem like kids to me. I mean, you know, they always seem 
much older. I, I'm curious to look up how old they were at the time that they filmed. Oh, that's interesting. This. Um, I mean, they're 80s kids. In the 80s, you know, like 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds oh, yeah. played kids in movies and TV. It was a strange time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, seeing seeing Mrs. Vivian and her, her relationship to him, I think, is, uh, um, is an utter delight. And it, it feels so right. It just it feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the kind of mom he would have. Yep. Pretty perfect. Um, House of Fun, uh, is it about buying condoms? Is it about a brothel? I was trying to figure it out. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to go look up the lyrics. Um, I, I have a habit of being somebody that when you actually hear the music, the music takes over, and I don't hear the lyrics as much unless I actually look it up. I'm a visual learner, clearly. Um, I have the same problem. I, I don't listen to lyrics very often unless certain songs I do, but a lot of them I, yeah. I just kind of gloss over them and listen to them. Oh, I, I care for the lyrics. It's just, the, it's just that um, it's hard for me to pay attention unless I I'll look it up. Sadly, I just it goes by. I'm too fascinated by the music and, and figuring out chord structure and, and, um, and things along those lines. Um, I, I don't know. What, plus, I have trouble hearing sung words sometimes. I, I really do. Sometimes it's... Not so much the enunciation, but it just I, I don't process it very well when it's in a song. Weird. I think I'm pretty sure I have the same problem. I was mm. just about to mention my brain just makes mondegreens constantly mm. out of song lyrics. I love uh, that word, and, by the way. Like, yeah, that uh, that's it's my new last name. I'm going to change it. Mm. Um, so, like listening to that song, anytime I'm not looking at the lyrics, I I have weird nonsense words. Uh, that correspond to what they're saying um, and mean nothing, but I can't get those out of my head because that's somehow how I've heard it. I, I like your theory of it being a brothel. The uh, it sounds the right, words. doesn't it? Yeah, but it, it does. also somehow he's there. Somehow he's at the drugstore and has mistaken it for the House of Fun or someplace that's like the House of Fun. It's well, good that we have a podcast so we can explain these things to people. Well, can you explain it to me? I think that's part of the question. <laughs> I don't, we can't explain it to anybody. Yes. That's the problem. This is the podcast of people who know nothing about the show that we're talking about, but it is funny, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At least most of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that there is a lot that was censored in this episode on MTV. I'm really, I'm really surprised because I don't think there was nearly, I don't know if there was anything in oil that was censored. Or e- either of the last two. Yeah, like I said, when we when we get to Bambi, um, I'll I'll point out that there were two lines. There were two lines. One involving um, female genitalia, the other one involving male genitalia. And the interesting thing was that M- the copy that you had, the MTV one, um, cut the female genitalia reference. I'm sorry, cut the male genitalia reference. And then when they aired it on Comedy Central, um, that or they bleeped out they bleeped out the other reference instead. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I know which scene you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll point that out. I just actually they replaced they replaced Vivian. Um, all right. Well, I'll spoil it ahead of time. They they replaced Vivian saying the word tits with him going. <laughs> okay, it wasn't even a silence or a beep. It was just it, that's that's what they did for Comedy Central. Whereas, um, uh, yeah. Whereas for. Um, uh, for the other one, it was uh, um, Alexei Sale saying shoving each other's dicks in the door, and they censored dicks. Yep, um, that is the that is the way I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. So, uh, 
<laughs> well, this this episode was so boring. We're already talking about future episodes. It's true. It's partially because I love the episode so much. Um, it's absolutely true. <laughs> you do well. That is clearly your favorite. I mean, I'm sure we'll have this topic when we get to the end. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I I feel my jury is still out uh, on which one I prefer. I I do interestingly have a soft spot for demolition still. Hmm. It's weird, even though I think it's the least funny in a lot of ways. There's something about it that I find charming. Yeah, that's an but uh, that's an interesting question of like we're through three episodes now, so like you know, how would you rank just the first three? Hmm. Oh, good lord, this is difficult. Yeah. I have no idea to be honest with you. Like, I, there are things that I like about all of them. Maybe. Apart from this deleted scene, which I'm still sort of reeling from, I want to say that boring is sort of the best of the three to me, but it's it's so close that I don't really even think I could call it. Do you have a ranking in mind? I, I'm debating. I, I actually think I do like this more than oil. I mean, d- demolition would be would be the the lowest on the list, and I, I'm again, I'm not disparaging it. I'm just saying that it was still they were figuring out the concept, and, I, and maybe that's part of the reason why you're saying feel it charming because it's kind of the uh, it, it's kind of the show in progress figuring out what it wants to be, and it figures it out fairly quickly. But it's interesting seeing um, seeing them come together, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think I like boring better than oil. So, like, the trend has been up from each episode. So, you know, uh, interesting has its work cut out for it, I think. Yeah, I do remember interesting being interesting, though. And I remember that the next one is among my favorites as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, hopefully there's no other weird uh, kind of, like, quasi-racist Easter eggs waiting in uh, store for us. But we'll find out on the next episode. Uh, so unless you have anything more to say, we'll wrap up now. Uh, no, I, uh, I think that encompasses just about everything that I have ever had to say about this or will ever have to say about this episode. So clearly I'm never going to talk about it again. <laughs> Famous last words. Uh-huh. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I am Drew. I'm Jeff. And this is Starship Podcast Warlock signing off. <laughs> <laughs>